The Musicality Radio Hour was written by Mike Skinner and was performed live at the Yale Cabaret Theater in New Haven from March 31st through April 2nd, 2011 in front of a live studio audience while streaming its broadcast live to the internet. This podcast is a post-production edit of those performances. We take you now to the basement studio of WRAD Radio in New Haven, Connecticut. W-R-A-D Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. gentlemen, gentlemen. Welcome to the Musicality Radio Hour here on WRAD Radio in New Haven. Have we got a show for you all tonight? Indeed, I think we do. For the next 55 minutes, we're going to take a journey to the center of your mind on a magic carpet ride that will tickle at least one of your senses. So sit back, relax, enjoy your drink. And if you have that door to your mind locked shut, Open it and let the waves crash in. Let the water flush out the impurities. Let it lift us upward toward enlightenment. Let us soar atop the waves, flying with ease, feeling the breeze upon our backs. Feel the wind whipping our hair in ecstasy. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you tonight the Elastic Notion Orchestra. Radio comes alive. Hey, these ladies, come on, telling me I'm a hard working guy. They keep on telling me that I need a vacation. I could not argue. She hit the nail on my head. I could not argue what she said. Folks, the Elastic Notion Orchestra. Wow, she hit the nail on the head. What a catchy tune. Ah, that was a perfect notion of elasticity. <laughs> well, here we are again on the Musicality Radio Hour, and our first segment this week is our local interest story brought to us by Lester Swim Trunk. Good evening, Lester. And good evening, Robert. And good evening to our listeners at home. This is Lester Swim Trunk here bringing you a very unique story from a uh, person that I'm about to introduce you to. He's 17 years old, and his story is interesting. Alex Stromberg grew up in Dix Hills, Long Island. This is where he attended the public schools until his junior year of high school. You see, Robert, in Alex's junior year, something happened that not too many people can relate to. You see, Alex fell in love. (laughs) And not just with any girl, no, but with a girl one year older than him. I know. It's hard to relate to, but this girl changed his life. The question is... Was it for the better? Let's find out. Alex, thank you so much for coming down to the studio today. Thanks for having me, Liz. Now, Alex, you fell in love with a senior in high school, right? This was two years ago. Yeah, it's still true. Can you, can you tell us uh, what's happened since this life-changing experience? Well, we fell in love and everything was perfect like the whole year. Mm-hmm. Well, except for that time she cheated on me with Rex Patterson. Mm. Yeah, that sucked. But then she... <laughs> She graduated and got to Yale, so her parents mm-hmm. made her move to New Haven. I can't live without her, so I packed a car and I moved here to, you know, so we could, we could, we could be together. Right? So this was, this was about a year ago, huh? Um, now, did you finish high school while living in New Haven? Or um, when you were with, uh, oh, God, what's your beloved's name? Meredith. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We don't live together. She lives in Pearson Castle, and I live in my car in parking lot. 
at the crossroads downtown. It's been about a year now. School's a dry. It was like totally keeping me down, you know, eating up all my time, my schedule. Give me an apartment with true love. So you, you, you dropped out of high school to live in your car under the Q Bridge? Oof. Uh, tell us, how are things between you and Meredith today? I mean, where does your relationship stand? Inquiring minds want to know, right, ladies and gentlemen? Hey, cool. It's doing pretty well. I mean, I saw her just the other day. She was getting one of those Yale security cars. You know, like the ones that look perfectly polished, like Hot Wheel cars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's been tough lately because my car broke down for like six months ago, so it was like hard to get around. Between that and her class schedule changing, it's hard to find her, you know? Like, <laughs> retaining order, something. So I can't like think within like 500 thoughts of her. And her boyfriend doesn't like me too much. <laughs> he keeps saying he's going to kill me or something. I don't know what his problem is. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so uh, since you've fallen in love, not only have you uh, had your heart broken, uh, your love has been basically stolen from your grasp, but you've also become homeless. Uh, you are now receiving multiple death threats, and you are under the oppression of the local thought police. What are you trying to say, man? Damn, man. Mm. Damn, indeed. Who said that? I'm wondering, how are you coping amidst all of this? Well, I've become a songwriter. Fabulous. And how many songs have you written to date? Just the one. And this, our astonished listeners, is the crux of the biscuit today. For you see... What does that even mean, Young Alex Stromberg, who has been defecated on by society, has suffered the egregious pains that only a strong heart can endure. In Alex Stromberg's darkest hour, he has combated the oppressions of life through the beauty of song. And now, the Elastic Notion Orchestra will present, with Alex in its entirety, his song entitled, I Miss You. Do you remember sitting in the park, holding on to my hand? I was in my heaven, I never wanted to leave your side. Times are changing, you are gone, you're out on your own, and I'm left all alone. Yes, I'm sitting here waiting, yes, I'm waiting for you. We learn to say our own goodbyes.
Wonderful surprise. On a side note, could you give us Meredith's last name after the broadcast? Because I think that she deserves a lovely copy of that lovely song. Wasn't it lovely, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, you are too kind. That really means a lot to me. Now, for our listeners at home, Alex, one question before you go. If you were allowed to do one thing, anything in the entire world, when once you're reunited with your beloved Meredith, what would you do? Oh, that's really easy. I just wish things would go like back to the way they were. I used to like stare at her through her windows, or just like like follow her from far away, you know. And uh, I honestly don't really know her last name. She went to a different high school than me, and she never really spoke to me before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So besides asking Meredith her last name, which, to be frank, I'm not certain she'd give up so easily. Why not? Uh, is there, a, I don't know, any other question you might like to uh, ask Meredith when you see her next? Yeah, sure. I guess, like, if I actually... If I actually... If, like, she actually talked to me, you mean? I think I'd, like... I'd, like, ask her if I could, like... Like, lick her knees... And that's all all the time we have for today. This is Lester Swimtrunk signing off. Back to you, Robert. Thank you, Les. I really do hope some of our listeners found that locally interesting. So, not up next. But up right here and now, we have our poetry reporters, Put and Pelly. Put Pelly, first I have to say, this is one of my favorite segments each week. So, don't keep us in suspense. What do you have for us this evening? Well, thank you, Robert, and good evening to the folks at home. And... Welcome to this week's... Our first poetry reading was written by a wizard named Solus Ephemerita and is entitled, First Day, New Feet. I stood up and walked like I had been doing it forever. I took 15 steps, subconsciously knowing I was clever. But when I reached the precipice atop of the stair... That little voice inside of me, also known as my brother, said, let's see how you fare. As I put the first foot down, I could feel the wings of success. But in the motion of the second, I suddenly was stressed. First day, new feet. That was brilliant. When was that written? 
Well, we don't know for sure, but researchers have said it is several hundreds of years old. Mm. But it obviously must have been written after the invention of the stair. What is misleading is that no one knows for sure exactly when the rivalry between siblings was invented. We estimate it was penned somewhere in the late 1500s and that it was sung by troubadours. Indeed. Now this next poem by Judith Applewriter is called Rain Forest Dream. Time for one more. This poem we found on the internet, Robert. We think it might be code for something. Teeth margins, intelligence detection. Common, neutral. Captain, Concept, reality. The river Danube listens to reggae. What do you have it, folks? This week's poetry post with Hut and Pele. See you both next week. Tune in next week to hear Putz and Pelly's poetry post right here on WRAD Radio, New Haven. Here in the studio tonight to report to us her weekly News of the Planet segment, please welcome Carla Kartotonovich. Good evening to the peoples of the world. Tonight I report to you stories from around the globe. Stories of poverty. Stories of war. Tales of oppression for all types of peoples. On the surface of this planet lies hunger, homelessness, disease, and distraction. These tragedies are reported to be more ugly than the face of our nightmares that have faces on them. Across our home planet lies buried too deeply a secret of remorseful content towards the corporation empire of the economy. Is the truth of our world hidden from our very own ideas to protect us from self-destruction? Yeah. Well, it's too late, I say. Distractionism in it, our world is doomed. Surrender your valuables and practice something more fulfilling. Please, lottery. Let's change the world. I'm Carla Kaltatonovich with the news of the planet. Uh, thank you, Carla. But uh, what piece of news did you have to report, if any? Music. Truthfully, 
The biggest piece of news reported this week is that the Hostess Corporation announced that by the year 2013, they will be forced to have discontinued the manufacturing of all Twinkies in the world. No! Yes. The reason for this was the original supply which had an eternal shelf life stamped upon them in 1975 had finally become depleted. Accountants won't reveal any exact figures, but the ICGWB, the International Council of General Wellbeing, says that they are searching for ways to preserve the remaining products out of here, the ones they want a world revolution made. Back to you, Robert. And that's Carla Kaltotanovich with the news of the planet. And now a word from our local sponsor. Dry Brush Pro 6000. Are you always on the go? Don't have all the time you need to brush away the day's unsanitary remains? Well, worry no more. Introducing the newest in dental hygiene technology, the TriBrush Pro 6000. <gasps> Undoubtedly, the TriBrush Pro 6000 beats out all previous versions, including the 5000 series, the 4856 Special Edition Pro, and the PSRCWTM2000E. The TriBrush Pro 6000 combines three brushing surfaces to cover more surface area so that you are cleaning three times the number of teeth in one third of the time. That's right, folks. And if you don't believe me, here are some testimonials from local people in your area. Between bringing my car to the wash, being on time to the poker game, and coaching my son in boxing, I never had the time to give my teeth the attention they deserved. Now with the TriBrush Pro 6000, I don't need the time, and they get all the attention they need. I agree with that, man. I bought the TriBrush Pro 6000, and it changed my life. Now I have time to do things I've always wanted to, like I joined a book club. I joined a breakfast club, and I joined a fight club, and I joined a club. It's true, ladies and gentlemen. These people and millions of others have found the answer to the lifelong question of how will I find time to brush my teeth? The answer is available to you now for only $19.95, a three-sided mechanical toothbrush for this limited time only. If you're within the first 20 callers, you can receive the attachment dental floss dispenser for free. No more need to reach any cabinet for another accessory. Also, we'll give you the toothpaste insert so you never have to squeeze the tube again. The paste automatically dispenses directly onto the three brushes. That's right, you get these items free if you're within the first 20 callers. The number to call is 1-203-TVP-6000. Here's another happy endorser. Hola, my name is Sonia Sotomayor from the United States Supreme Court. Be a wise Latina like me and purchase the TriBrush Pro 6000. Call now while supplies last. The number again is 1203-TBP6000. That's 1203-827-6000. Call now, only 1995. This product is not endorsed by any dental hygienist and should not be used by those who suffer from sensitive gag reflex. Call now. TriBrush Pro 6000. It tickles. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Musicality Radio Hour here on WRAD Radio in New Haven. For those of you just tuning in, I am your host, Robert Radical, your host for this weekly radio adventure through the sounds of your mind. We're going to take you right now into our next segment, which is entitled... Adventures in the Underworld! That's right, folks. Adventures in the Underworld is brought to you this week by means of the local secret society... Skull and bones. But remember, folks, it's a secret for a reason. This week, our protagonist, John Johnson, is walking through an underground steam tumbles here on Park Street, which connect many of the Yale colleges together in an underground labyrinth. As J.J. is searching for a way back to the mainland, each turn reveals yet another corridor, longer and darker than the one before. He begins to wonder if he will ever get home. I wonder if I will ever get home. Suddenly, upon his 41st left turn, he comes across a woodman sitting perched upon the stump, smoking a long wooden pipe. Oh, dear me, stop right there! Dear me, stop right there! Well, pardon me there, little fellow. I've come across some confusion, and the sight of you proposes little conclusion. Let me offer you a solution. It will simply require one complete revolution. Instantly, J.J. levitates off the ground, revolving in a circular motion as if he were a mannequin, or a chocolate mouse in a glass dessert cooler display case. Spinning as he floats, the world in which he believes himself to reside in morphs through time, space, and sound. The images of other worlds, mindsets, and planets pass by instantly. Whoa! 
As JJ travels through multiple dimensions in this one rotation, he slows to a land in an open field of wheat and barley. JJ also notices the remnant smell of pig feces. Ew. As JJ feels the wind in his face, he is startled by the wood nymph who has traveled with him on this journey. What the? Now you've done it, you stupid freak! Kansas! Oh, shit, I was just here last week. As the wood nymph explains the events of his recent molecular transport history involving Kansas, a giant cyclone resembling dragon creature with three heads envelops the horizon and swallows our only two characters up whole. No! And from inside the creature's belly, our heroes can be heard. Reverse red. Reverse blue, back to you. Draw two. Damn it, Janet. Uno. And the wood nymph blows a giant puff of smoke, which engulfs JJ. When the smoke clears, they are back in the steam tunnel. It's best if you didn't stay. With this statement, the wood nymph gestures to a sign which reads... Exit this way. As a door reveals itself by opening slowly, JJ ventures up the stairs to a door at the top of the stairwell where... Tune in next week to find what behind the door at the top of the stairwell right here on... Adventures in the Listeners at home. Without further ado, Evelyn Eventide with this week's Consumer Report. Thank you, Robert. This week, we are reviewing the Microsoft Corporation's latest release, the iWin. Bill Gates himself developed this product, which is quite an accomplishment since Bill Gates now has been furnished with a prosthetic brain. The iWin has only one button, but is portable and can be brought anywhere. It has attachments available that allow you to affix this button anywhere on your clothing, in your car, or they have a special edition iWin slated to be released where one can graft it into your skin. What does the iWin do? Many consumers ask. So this week, Robert, we have invited Bill Gates onto our show to answer for us that very question. Mr. Gates, welcome to the Musicality Radio Hour. What can you tell us about the iWin? It's the fastest, most ultimately technologically advanced piece of computing equipment ever designed for the sole purpose of stress release. Stress release? My, my, Mr. Gates, I did not know that you were such the humanitarian. How does this device release stress? Well, Evelyn, uh, humans tend to react violently when they're overcome by stressful situations. Uh, a perfect example is uh, road rage. Road rage. Okay, so I'm driving down the road, and this cocky-ass punk is blasting his rap music so loud that my windows are rattling, and he's going 10 miles under the speed limit. I'm about to blow my top. I push this button. What happens? Well, in the corner of your windshield, a holographic image of that car is displayed being blown into a billion pieces. <laughs> you can see lifelike images of blood and guts being splattered all over the roadside. Oh, my God. Yes. And I'll have you know that you can program it to a customized level of blood and gore, although our special research teams have found that people like more. <laughs> How does the Iwin know what the cause of stress is? It's a computer. It knows these things. I mean, come so on. if I'm in an interview, hypothetically, and the person I'm interviewing is stressing me out, if I push the button... What would happen? Well, you see, the iWid would know by your specialized Microsoft user profile which ways of death would make you laugh the most and release the greatest amount of stress in the least amount of time. It would also embellish a little, if you prefer. There's a setting for that. Just click the box. Uh, for example, you could be hoping that their face would be boiled in hot oil <laughs> and that they would swell into an explosion. However... The iWid offers you more for your gloat. Their faces may begin to shoot hot lava out of their eyes, and their voices can descend into the depths of hellish Hell, grotesque. That's you know. all the time we have this week on Consumer Report. Thanks, Bill Gates. You had me at death. Get your iWins, people, if you know what's good for you. Get it before I do. Back to you, Robert. Thank you, Evelyn. And a quick note to our sponsors. I want an iWin in the studio for next week's broadcast.
Welcome back to the Musicality Radio Hour, and now we go live to Juliana Jules with the local traffic report. Juliana, where are you? Good evening, Robert. I am here, stuck in traffic on the Quinnipiac Bridge. The view tonight of New Haven Harbor is just as it always is, with the city skyline penetrated by large masses of construction cranes. In the night sky, you can almost relate this picture to that of being on a whaling ship. The start of new bridge supports look like crow's nests overlooking the ocean, and the fog over the harbor makes the cranes look like pirate ships merging from the mist, with cannons protruding from the mast towers. Oh, here's a little piece of action. Men are getting out of their cars, abandoning them on the highway, and jumping off the bridge. I just heard one man yelling, that mermaid is mine, back off! That mermaid's mine, back off! Could this be, Robert, the cause of all of our traffic, traffic problems here in the Elm City? Enticing mermaids from the harbor below, stalling traffic long enough for man to dream of a better tomorrow? Even if it's not, leave a little extra time for your commute this evening. Juliana, have you seen any of these enticing mer-creatures? No, Robert. All I can see from where I have been sitting for 45 minutes now is the brake lights of hundreds of cars stopped on this bridge, police beacons, and helicopters circling overhead. Well, thank you, Juliana, and best of luck to you. Hope to see you back at the studio before Tuesday. Thanks, Robert. You have a good night. This traffic report has been brought to you by the iWin, Microsoft's newest product in stress release management. We interrupt this program to bring an emergency update from the chief of the Yale Police Department. To the Yale community, I write to let you know that a purse snatch occurred this afternoon on George Street near Park Street at 4.10 p.m. The victim, who is not a member of the Yale community, had her purse snatched while she was walking to her vehicle. No weapon was used and no injuries were reported. If you have any information regarding this case or should witness suspicious activity, please report it immediately to the Yale Police. Sincerely, Ron L. A. Higgins, Chief of the Yale Police Department. Well, folks, it seems like this update calls for a good old-fashioned reenactment. <laughs> Let us introduce Edna, a woman in her 40s. Maestro. <laughs> It was a dark and foggy afternoon. I could smell the burnt bread from Atticus as I strolled out of Starbucks with a coffee cup and my new Vera Bradley purse. I stopped to light a cigarette with a match when all of a sudden this short man walked up to me and said, Hi there. Hey, do you have a light? This breeze is just wasting my matches. Sure thing, ma'am. And then, as he reached into his pocket, slowly removed a lighter and began advancing toward my cigarette, he said very calmly, Whatever you do, don't scream. He then snatched my purse out from under my arm as he did this, I dropped my cigarette into the cappuccino latte, which in turn made me spill it all over my jacket. I couldn't believe what was happening. When I looked up, he was simply walking away, carrying my purse. I didn't know what to do. My purse was snatched. Oh no, someone just snatched my purse. Will Edna ever see her favorite Vera Bradley purse again? Or does it now belong to the purse snatcher? When asked what measures the police department will take on this, Chief Higgins replied, I assure you that all measures are being taken. Our police department does not practice negotiating with purse snatchers. This zero tolerance policy is foolproof. How can the average citizen overcome the mastermind of... The Purse Snatcher. If a member of the Yale community were to encounter the Purse Snatcher on the street, our formal advice is to run. 
Run away as fast as you can. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. If you are carrying an oven, please turn it off first. Remember that the best prevention is abstinence. And we advise you not to carry a purse with you ever. I knew from that moment on that I would never carry a purse again. Thank you all for this accurate reenactment. This public service announcement is brought to you by The Facts, the foundation for audible censorship through sounds. I sat down the other day with my eight-year-old to watch a nice movie about dogs living on a lake, and the number of swear words was astounding to me. Thanks to the facts, this following scene seemed more suitable to the experience for my child's virgin ears. Let me tell you what like a virgin is all about. It's all about this. Who's a regular? <laughs> Talking morning, day, night, afternoon. Then one day, Shmi says, John Holmes. He's getting tunnels. Now she's getting serious. She's feeling something she never felt since forever. Forever, ever. Ever, ever. In today's world, it becomes more difficult than ever before to censor what our children are hearing. And with the new policies enforced by the facts, it becomes easier for mature audiences to understand the content while hindering the children's level of comprehension. The main goal of the facts is to eventually eliminate crude language from society by replacing it with sounds which stimulate the imagination. To or not to, that is the... Whether it is in the mind to slings and arrows of fortune or to take against the sea of and by and them. As you can hear, there's complete comprehension through this replacement of sound. This public service announcement has been brought to you by The Facts, the foundation for audible censorship through sounds. Welcome back, everyone, to the Musicality Radio Hour. I'm your host, Robert Radical, and we're going to take you now to Tony the Italian with tonight's weather report. Thanks, Robert, and good evening. I'm Tony the Italian with the weather for the night. Hey, don't raise your pretty little eyes to the heavens this evening. You might get whacked with a furry creature, because like they say, it's raining cats and poodles out there. Oh, hey, maybe we should find out what a Cuba really is, because tomorrow we're building an ark. Just you and me with no stupid people allowed. Hey, hey, you, maybe we could go for a swim, get some life preservers. I could fish, and you could cook on the stinking boat. It will be fun. Hey, fuck the umbrella. Travel with the Italian fella. I'm Tony the Italian with your weather report for the night. Bada bing, bada bam, I'm out like a seasoned yam. Thanks, Tony, for that weather report. See you next week. Hey, forget about it. We'll be right back in just a few moments, so don't touch that dial, folks, because you won't want to miss our game show here on the Musicality Radio Hour here on WRAD Radio in New Haven. again for this week's segment of Musicals in 13. This is where our very own Elastic Notion Orchestra learns and presents an entire full-length musical within the time constraint of 13 minutes precisely. We have turned this into a beat-the-clock game show here on the Musicality Radio Hour, so folks at home, get your stopwatches ready. We have our large studio clock on hand to make sure we stay true to time. So, Maestro, what do you have for us this evening? Well, Robert, this week we've embraced a new musical called The University of Christmas, written by a local yokel named Michael Goldman. Excellent. Now, to those who have not experienced this show before, let me bring you up to speed. 
48 hours before this show began this week's broadcast, the orchestra here received the complete score for this musical and then learned the entire musical only to cut it down to a listener's digest version, which they will present to us shortly. The goals and rules to this game are as follows. Rule number one. They must play at least one phrase from each musical number in the score. Rule number two. They must give at least one line to each lead and supporting character. Rule number three. They must complete the full arc of the storyline in precisely a 13-minute time period. Are you ready? Okay, take us away to the University of Christmas. I'd like to ask for a little help from our studio audience this evening. Count down from three for me. And three, two, one. Our musical begins at a train station in New England. We're Mrs. Bernstein. Bernstein. Yes, and their youngest child, little Susie. That's me, huh? Are on their way to visit the oldest child in their Hebrew family, Johnny. Who's been away at college for four years and is about to graduate cum laude? What the family does not know until they arrive at the North Pole is that their little boy chick has been studying at the University of Christmas, where the headmaster is none other than Santa Claus himself. Ho, ho, ho! They are welcomed off the train to find that the students here are all elves. Boisterous alma mater greet the Bernsteins. We'd like to welcome all of you to campus. You might think it's a zoo. This is the courtyard you are standing in. I like it here. This is our happy, jolly town. We won't allow you to wear a crown. As the bustle of graduation weekend ensues, Susie and her brother are reunited and Johnny tells of his desire to take his girlfriend Liz to be his wife. Liz is introduced. Meet Susie and through a beautiful ballad explains what it's like to be in love. so much. I don't want to go back to New England. I want to stay here and live with you. That's why I replied to be the new Santa Claus. You see, in the land of this musical, Santa has to choose a replacement every go. 50 years from the top students of the university. And this is the year Santa is to retire. Come to perfectly. I'll be my lady. I want to spend my Christmas with you. I don't want no ladies dancing. I don't want no reindeer prancing. I want to spend my Christmas with you. I'm shopping at the mall and I'm looking at these lovers Finding themselves underneath the mistletoe The carolers are playing trick-or-treat with everyone they meet They're singing sweet life, come on baby, let's, let, let's go Perhaps I have been making the list of checking it twice But I have been watching you for a year and I know that you're right If I don't wear a big red suit and I'm not fat how about that? No shoes, no gold from Nancy the time I hold. I want to spend my Christmas with you. Don't tell me no, baby. Come on, baby. Be my lady. I want to spend my Christmas with you. Oh, my God. I love you so much. I'm on my bed and knee. Will you marry me? Oh, my God. Yes, I will. That's amazing. Let's go. Don't tell my goddamn mom. 
That night, gathered around the fireplace in the Great Hall, the Bernstein sang about their hometown. Oh, how I love New England winter in New England. So cold that you don't even notice the ice turning on your feet. And the snow is six feet deep. New England snow is pretty astronomical. Despite the fact that the family could come together for a large musical number, Mrs. Bernstein was not exactly thrilled with the news of the engagement when it was announced at the end of the night. My only Jewish son is not going to marry some nymph from the North Pole. Meanwhile, guess who just returned back to campus from some unnamed mysterious outing? Uh, oh yeah, we forgot to introduce the antagonist in this musical, the Evil Judge. Johnny will not become Santa. Liz will not be his wife. I will be Santa because I am evil. What is evil? The honest homes house. How little fits my bookie under the Christmas tree in the house. Have I been naughty or have I been nice? Does Santa really a lot for despicable advice? It's no big secret that Santa is a fop who relies on parents at Christmas time to shop. His whole big ditty and our presents to be wrapped. There's nothing but garbage mythology. Judge intact one of our musical revealing his diabolical plan to frame Johnny and destroy Christmas forever. <laughs> now here we are at the top of Act Two. The morning of the grand ceremony where the seniors will graduate and Santa will announce his retirement. Now, if Johnny were to become Santa, he would have to marry Liz before he was inducted. For tradition stated that the new Mrs. Claus would have to be present in the coronation as well. Unbeknownst to Johnny and Liz, Mrs. Bernstein was working things out with Liz's father, Mr. Rockus. From the day that Liz was born I knew that she one day would be a woman and a wife no matter how long I'd prepared for this day always knew I'd be scared but that's life though I feel like I'm about to lose her Losing my daughter I've got the Christmas wedding blues I've got to tell you that this feeling I have Is worse than the postpartum depression I had When Johnny was first born Well, it is just me I have Christmas wedding blue. I want what's best Maybe for him. He knows him. what is best for him. Cause I know he's a good fine boy. No, not me. I try. 
trust him with my own life. I only hope that she where a grand string solo happens, but in the essence of preserving time. Dark how the bells, sweet silver bells, all seem to say, throw cares away. Ding dong, ding dong, that is our song. What would you do for a Klondike bar? Congratulations to our graduating class. And my nomination for the new Santa is... Johnny Bernstein! I'm afraid not, Santa. That would be impossible. I am the truck. I have power over this land. To rule and keep water with a clutch of my hand. You're on the bottom of it. Without me, you cannot stand. You see the ring right there on Lizzie's hand? It's the Christmas diamond ring from the forbidden land. Johnny's broken a rule. Committed great disgrace. And now pronounces removal from this race. Slipped right through my fingers Now I'm an ordinary man So I guess that I'll just head on back To that small New England town Now I know that it's not paradise But I can learn to live in the common life From the start of this I knew It was all too The song continues in a split scene cinematic duet. And when we have to fight against the world's devices, together we can take them on with very few sacrifices. And when we're beaten down upon this very ground, I think of you when I find the strength in the love you left around. Oh, there's no such thing as all too good to be true. to persuade Santa into defending Johnny. Little Susie Bernstein. It's Bernstein. Make up your mind. Well, Susie was off in another subplot we chose not to reveal when she discovered proof that the judge was evil and that he framed her brother. Somewhere in this montage, Mrs. Bernstein teams up with Liz's father and they arrange an old-fashioned prison break for Johnny. And all parties arrive at the grand ceremony that has just recommenced. Only this time. Welcome back, everyone. Now, where were we? Oh, that's right. Evil judge, I've had enough of you. Santa grabs a large candy cane off the wall to reveal that it's a fixing sword. She- the judge draws his own sword from his cane. They she- fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. So Santa wins, the judge gets exiled, and Johnny marries Liz, and they become the new Mr. and Mrs. Santa Claus. The full cast belts in gay attire. for many years to come. Ho, ho, ho! Wow. We just did that. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, 
the Elastic Notion Orchestra performing the University of Christmas. And now, a word from our sponsor. This week's Musicals in 13 segment was brought to you by the Stitchmaster 9000. Trademark patent pending. Are you always on the go? You don't have the time to mend your daily wear and tear? Well, now with the Stitchmaster 9000, you can repair anything, anytime. It was my wedding day, and just as I was leaving the bar to go to the church, my tuxedo coat had gotten caught on the mechanical bull and ripped one sleeve right off. Thank goodness the bartender had a Stitchmaster 9000 and fixed it up in no time. It was good as new, and I showed up to my own wedding on time and looking like a million bucks. That's right, folks. It may look like a stapler, but the Stitchmaster 9000 can mend any fabric, rubber, plastic, or even wood or bone. I was in the middle of a rugby game the other day when one of the other players bit one of me fingers off. Coach called me back to the bench and stitched me back together. It only took a few seconds and I was back in the game. Thank you, Stitchmaster 9000. These people and many, many more have sworn their loyalty to the Stitchmaster 9000. And you could too for this limited time offer. Call now. You will be glad that you did. Hi there. My name is Dr. Lichenbaum and I'm a brain surgeon. I was in the middle of a brain surgery one day, and suddenly the oxygen hose keeping my patient alive was sliced open by my flailing scalpel. The nurses had the Stitchmaster 9000 on hand and knew what to do. They stitched up the hose, and my patient went home the next day with a clean bill of health. Thank you, Stitchmaster 9000. Thank you, Stitchmaster 9000. Call 203-SDM-9000-A to order your Stitchmaster 9000. Trademark, patent pending. Welcome back. We've reached the end of our Musicality Radio Hour this week on WRAD Radio in New Haven. What a show we've had here tonight. It's been a pleasure to be in the studio, and we'd like to take this time to ask that if you've enjoyed our program tonight, please consider making a donation to your local public radio. Special thanks to our sponsors tonight. Try Brush Pro 6000. And the Stitchmaster 9000. Trademark patent pending. Thanks to all of our reporting staff, Juliana, Lester, Tony, Carla, Evelyn, and the rest, as well as our other weekly segment hosts, Putt and Pelly. Extra special thanks to our producer of the Musicality Radio Hour. Thank you, Robert. Let's give it up for our chorus girls. Bye. One last shout out for our live studio audience. You guys have been great. Thanks for tuning in, folks. I'm Robert Radical, signing off until next week. Because we're all a bunch of monkeys in a zoo. We can't decide for ourselves what to do. They say all the world is a stage, but we can only interact with who is in your cage. Because we're all a bunch of monkeys. We're all a bunch of monkeys. We're all a bunch of monkeys. Tune in next week for another exciting episode of Musicality Radio Hour right here on WRAD Radio New This podcast of the Musicality Radio Hour was written and produced by Mike Skinner. Cast and orchestra members include Elizabeth Atkinson, Mike Conlon, Justin Eli, Sunder Ganglani, Gary Kristoff, Mike Skinner, Virginia Skinner, Brian Valencia, and featuring Will Cobbs as Robert Radical. The live performances of the Musicality Radio Hour were produced by Lico Whitfield and stage managed by Allison Johnson. Stage direction by Lee Nicklin and Mike Skinner. Set designed by Justin Eli. Costumed by Summer Lee Jack. Lighting by Laura J. Eckelman. Associate sound designer, Ken Goodwin. Associate Foley Designer, Elizabeth Atkinson. Broadcast and Recording Engineer, Palmer Heffernan. Production Dramaturg for the Musicality Radio Hour, Tanya Dean. Special thanks to the Yale Cabaret for presenting this production under the artistic direction of Andrew Kelsey and the managing direction of Tara Caton. Thanks to the Sound Design Department at the Yale School of Drama for their resources and support in the development of this piece. All music composed and arranged by Mike Skinner. Copyright 2011. For more information on the Musicality Radio Hour, 
please contact Skinner Productions at gmail.com.